Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Gerbuga, number one bright star Stan Cullen Atwood, Emilio Diaz. All right, you are not listening to last week's episode, despite what Cullen would have you believe, and I hope he does not repeat his hijinks at the end of last episode. Uh oh. But. We are, in fact, joined by a guest, uh, Peter Bushman. Hello. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Hello. A big occurrence. Oh, I guess, guest, is this the part first. where it was appropriate for me to vamp? Because trust me, boys, I can vamp if I want to. But for the sake of your podcast, I'll try to resist vamping whenever possible. All right. Well, uh, we're going to be talking about your experience with the Three Days in Cannes program. Uh, Yes, I don't really have any news to start with, so I guess I think we can just get into that. Not a great time for film festival news, nor will it be a good time for film festival news for the next four months. Streaming stuff next week. Ooh, that's (laughs) exciting not a good time and left it at there yeah <laughs> yeah so i went to the initial uh what i was gonna say batch but that makes me sound like an, a science experiment which i truly was in a way but i was part of the initial group for three days in can like the very first time they ever held it which was mm-hmm. the spring of 2018 um so back when they is, started if i recall the uh like the shoplifters burning happy as lazaro year Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, back when they did it, you know, there is definitely a sense of anarchy amongst people who were applying to the program because, you know, you would apply, you know, they would let people in and then there would just be these Facebook groups of just European young people plus me just asking like, <laughs> so what? what do we do for this like where do we go like what do we do but the thing is like since this was the very first time they ever had the program like they hadn't like developed any of the materials that told you what the program was about or what they were doing you know um and so it was just like uh everyone was just like bullshitting up until the point you know uh, we were there like everyone was just so worried like oh no I hope I don't go to France and then find out that they let me in on accident I certainly felt that way but that's because I have very strong imposter syndrome I remember I wrote my letter my application letter because that's all they really want they want you to just write mm-hmm. a short like two-page essay about why you should be in this program why they should let you as a young person into can i want to add that they have a very liberal definition of young person they define a young person as anywhere between 16 and 28 (laughs) 
so, you know, it's like, I feel like a lot of these programs, like, you know, you get these Facebook ads, like Nickelodeon is letting in undergrads to a, you know, internship program. Like, well, <laughs> I'm aged out of that. But for people at huh. home, it is very likely that you are not aged out of this program and you can do it like next year. I know, Emilio, you were interested in applying uh, before everything yeah. imploded. Yeah, I was going to try to apply this year, even though I basically have no money to go, but I would have figured it out until the world started to fall apart. And I was like, yeah, guess I'll try next year. Yeah, exactly. That'll give you time to record and whatnot. I definitely uh, use my life savings to get to a can. And now I have like some of those life savings back. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I've been telling people like for the longest time that like i like wrote the worst essay ever and then they shouldn't have let me in like i've been telling people that in my essay i wrote that you know i regret being born and i wish my mother aborted me and that the french people were so impressed by that they let me in then i read my essay recently it turns out i didn't say that at all (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say maybe they had gaspar noe uh grading the essays yeah but i did uh i sort of talk about how my mother did briefly work in the film industry and so i have this sense of regret Mm. that her pregnancy with me just got her to quit permanently but she only worked on like two films one of which was a harrison ford picture i don't remember what might have been air force one and then the other the movie that she was a production assistant for was north and so and so i like opened up with the uh roger ebert quote like what is it Hmm. uh right i hated this movie i hated this movie hated movie. hated 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 this movie hated it hated every simpering stupid vacant audience insulting moment of it hated the sensibility that thought anyone would like it hated the implied insult to the audience by its belief that anyone would be entertained by it and i sort of said like wow that reminds me of my own life (laughs) um (laughs) no but i i wrote a lot just about like um how i grew up in the midwest right and uh you know living in the midwest you don't get a fraction of the film festival resources that people in new york and la do right and just like trying my very hardest to be engaged with the film festival system despite you know having to you know drive a couple of states away just so that i can see the square or whatever you know yeah uh-huh. um and anyway i guess they like my shitty essay even though i wrote it on the day it was due uh because a couple of weeks later they said sure why not um yeah and then i went what i did is that so i've realized since that there's two paths there there's really two choices a you can fly into nice this is kind of what you're supposed to do because nice is like 15 miles away from Cannes. it's kind of like the big airport that is on the southern uh southern coast of france yeah um, yeah i will just say that on my brief 
inquiries into how much it would cost every flight and every path to there to can took me through nice so i can't yeah. confirm it the alternative route which is what i did is i flew into paris because my thinking was that like oh you know there's so many more uh uh trips like cheap trips that you can take into paris you can use norwegian air or whatever but the thing yeah. is you then have to like get a 300 pound round trip by train to go from Paris to the southern right. coast of France. So it ended up being the same cost regardless. And I'm a very stupid person. Uh, that's kind Hell, of a yeah. reoccurring theme of all of this. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I I knew that I have... I famously have very bad luck with travel. So I set uh, to get into Paris like three days early. So it's like, oh, I can spend like two days at an Airbnb and then see the Eiffel Tower. But then due to a sudden cold snap in the middle of May, like due to a sudden blizzard, my flight got delayed like 36 hours. Jeez. Um, And so uh, and then like, you know, and then another flight got delayed. You know, I had this like 16 hour layover in Denmark. Um <laughs> Uh, and the point is, like, I get to Paris, you know, I make it to the Airbnb, I open it up, it's two in the morning, you know, I shower, I watch two torrented episodes of Westworld, and then I leave the Airbnb to go <laughs> to get on the train <laughs> to, to Cannes. You know, I didn't get to sleep for 48 hours, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um yeah and so i i then got in the next morning uh i guess do you guys know why the three days in can program got started in the first place i do not and i'm sure many of our like the real politic version so you know as you guys know um can isn't just a film festival right it's also a market it's one of the right, biggest right. international film distribution markets in the entire world uh you know thousands tens of thousands of films get sold and distributed just in all these different exhibition hallways even away from the film festival screenings but right which as as a brief aside that's part of why people have been talking about well we could do can with like a hundred people and it's like a big part of can is the market and you can't do the market so yeah. like, exactly that, that is exactly a big part of the reason why it happening this year is slightly absurd um yeah and so the thing is here's the big secret the market ends on the wednesday before the film festival starts and so there was this phenomenon where like three-fourths into the festival like a good 25 percent of the people at Cannes just went home because a lot of these producers didn't care about the movies. They were just there to buy and sell, right? And so the initial plan was, oh, we'll import all of these millennials for these last couple of days so that they can keep the attendance numbers at, like, roughly the same amount. Uh, I know they've changed it since then. Now you have the choice to... Uh, do three days at can at the first weekend or yeah, the right. second weekend um of course you want to choose the second weekend like why wouldn't you choose the second weekend 
Yeah, because uh, everything is played by then, and they can just show you everything. Yeah, because the last Friday is... The, the way these screenings work is, you know, they have the premieres, and then the next day, they do the second run premieres. Mm-hmm. Everything that premiered the night before, they show a couple of more times. Um, so why wouldn't you want to go before, you know... Uh, you can catch everything. But not only that, but that final Friday is the catch-up day. That final Friday, they re-air every single in-competition film. Um, So you get the chance to catch all of it. But that's the difficult thing, is that like it's so hard to make the decision of, like, oh, what films? Because, like, there's like three or four films that you want to see booked simultaneously. Uh, the right. big mistake I made is choosing between shoplifters and the image book because, you know, okay. when you're on the ground there, you know, you don't know what is going to win the Palm door. Right. 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 Uh, you're just hearing rumors like, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so is a good film. Or like, you know, I remember just like waking up and checking IndieWire like, oh, let's see what Ehrlich has to say. <laughs> are the, like, so are all the, like, the participants in the program, like, social? Like, is there like a, is there like, are, have they set it up so that you're in contact with those other people or are you just on your own? Okay, so here's the big secret about can if you're not, like, one of the big celebs, right? Because these premieres that everyone hears about, you know, um, the Grand Lumiere, which is the main theater where they do all the premieres, and that holds, like, mm-hmm. two and a half thousand people. And I'm going to guess, like, a thousand, fifteen hundred of those people are, like, the same, like, celebrities and, like directors and whatnot you know french film critics or whoever and then the last 500 seats is for everyone else and when you're everyone else it turns out that being at Cannes is more like disney world because it's adventures in waiting in lines in learning how to wait in lines in different creative ways (laughs) um uh so the thing is all of these screenings have invitations, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a big shot, you know, you're invited, yada, yada, yada. But if you want to get into those leftover screenings, either the seats that they didn't send out invitations for, or if people cancel or whatever, you just have to wait in line. And ideally, mm-hmm. if you wait in line early enough, then you can get seated with the leftover seating they have remained. But then, again, it's about judging, like, oh, like, how early do I need to wait in line for, like, Black Klansman? Like, Black Klansman, I saw it at 8.30 in the morning, so I had to get up at 5 a.m. at, like, my Mm -hmm. shitty airbnb which was like two or three miles away from downtown can sketchiest airbnb ever by the way um i I shared it with this portuguese guy and two israeli women uh one of whom now stars in unorthodox on netflix and just came out uh but um 
uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, but, like, you know, you're interacting with the guy who owns the Airbnb in, like, his uh, WhatsApp profile pic is just, like, a tan woman in a bikini from behind. So you're like, oh, he's <laughs> using this to catfish people. Like, <laughs> this is his catfish account. And then one of my most quote-unquote iconic memories is you know like oh where's uh where where's the extra toilet paper just opening up a closet at the airbnb in dozens of counterfeit gucci bags spill out (laughs) 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 and just and just cover me like oh god oh no that's better than our uh, Airbnb story from uh, the first time that most of us went to TIFF. We uh, we were like, oh, we should open a window on the first night we were there because it was really <laughs> warm. And so we opened a window and rather than Gucci bags, thousands of mosquitoes flew into no, our room. No, that's horrible. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. We so, also yeah, thought so, um, it was sold to us as a uh, like two bedroom house with a pullout couch, but like the pullout couch was counted as a bed, so it was like a like ten foot by ten foot room with like a loft bed. <laughs> yes, I feel that. Me and the Portuguese guy, I think his name was Miguel. We had to share the single pullout, <laughs> the pullout <laughs> couch, you know, enwrapped mm-hmm. in each other's arms. <laughs> Uh, yeah so it's like wake up at five in the morning put on your like kind of formal clothing because it turns out that like uh if you're going to like the second run screenings you can like you just wear formal clothing which is like oh a white shirt and like a suit or something if you're going to like a big premiere which is like hard for people in this program to do right It's very unlikely you get to a premiere because you would have to get uh, one of the special invite tickets that they raffle off uh, at Mm -hmm. the morning of the screening or Mm -hmm. alternatively. Is that that just for anybody or is it specifically for the three days in Cannes people? Uh, For anybody. The raffle. So that's the thing is that like when you're like going trying to raffle these tickets or alternatively standing in line it'll be like you but it'll also be like guys from shanghai's third biggest newspaper right because like the biggest Mm -hmm. newspaper they got their tickets already like they're fine they got their press badges but like the third biggest newspaper don't have like the credentials so they just have to like wait in line and hope that they get to cover the movie you know Mm mm-hmm um yeah but like for the big premieres it's black tie okay can you guys Mm -hmm. tell me what interest what a black tie outfit is that's a tuxedo right tuxedo yeah you gotta wear a bow tie yeah 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 so it turns out i'm a stupid idiot because i thought it meant you wore a black necktie and it turns out no that's literally not it at all (laughs) um so i mean it's not well named certainly so yeah. this leads to like one of my most absurd stories at Cannes. Um, so as I said before, there is very there was generally very little chance for 
uh, people in this program to make it to like an official like premier black tie event. But there was right. one exception on the second to last night. A little movie debuted called Solo, a Star Wars story. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, 7 p.m. world premiere, right? You know, like, oh, you know, John Boyega would be there. And, you know, who knows who would be there? Uh, Tilda Swinton. um, but Ron Howard himself. They had a second premiere that night they they made a second premiere screening at 9 30 mm-hmm. also world premiere also black tie which like if it's mm-hmm. the second screening then it's not the world premiere anymore right <laughs> yeah yeah i guess what is technically it starts before the other one finishes so like but that's- yeah but because they're treating it like a premiere suddenly like instead of like the 2500 invitations for solo a star wars story which would be like you know mostly filled up there are now 5000 invitations for solo a star sure. wars story so pretty much anyone who wanted to see solo a star wars story <laughs> was in could camp. get in <laughs> that was like the one premiere event that people could get into let me tell you hmm. i ultimately didn't see solo because i huh. saw mandy instead and it was the best oh. movie of all time <laughs> I, I have a story about Mandy, but I will get to that later. Um, no, but I was like, oh, but like once Mandy finishes, I will have like a 20 minute window. Maybe I can run to solo a Star Wars story. But like, I need a black tie, right? I need a bow tie. So I asked this Hungarian woman I was hanging out with uh, because like I just hung. I just stuck to whoever I, you know, stood next to in line or had yeah. lunch mm-hmm. with. Because it's just like, oh, I'll just have a click for a day. And then, like, once you all have dinner, go home, like, you don't see them again, right? I just right. end up hanging out with a different group of people the next day. Um, But all these Hungarians who were amused by my accent and diction, they said that I was the most <laughs> American-sounding person they ever heard. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's like, like, come on, guys, we got to bounce, yo. And they go, <laughs> bounce. <laughs> like, what's wrong? What's wrong with the way I say bounce? Which, of course, there's many ways I wrong with that. But anyway, I was like, shit, I need a bow tie. Like, what do I go? And one of these women said, like, uh, how about you go to uh, Claire's? Like, Claire's? Like, I like we have Claire's in the United States, but, you know, it's not... You know, it's kind of like a Libby Lou. You know, it's like the place where 15-year-old girls get, like, bracelets and accessories. I'm like, I'm not sure that's where I could get a bow tie. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, you can get a bow tie at uh, uh, Claire's. So I went and I navigated. I was on my own for a couple of hours in between screenings, just, like, sweatily running around the stone-paved streets of Cannes, just trying to find... uh, uh, trying to find this Claire's and then I finally go in I'm just like dripping with sweat because it is the middle of summer right mm-hmm. yeah all the French women in the store turn around and stare at me I was like oh hey <laughs> uh, 
I'm looking for a bow tie. Uh, and the woman's like, mm, mm, uh, uh, booty? Uh, yeah, a bow tie. There's like a black tie event for Solo right, yeah. colon a Star Wars story. Maybe you've heard of it. Like, uh, 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 un papillon? I'm like, you know, making a gesturing motion like un papillon, which, you know, turns out papillon is French for bow tie because it's like a butterfly shape, right? I was like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, un papillon, uh, por favor. (laughs) 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 And and then she, uh, uh, squeaks out in English, le, uh, monsieur, uh, sir, uh, how do I say that this? This is store for little girls. You need to go to Zada. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I just went down the street and I got my adult man bow tie. Um, but I'll quickly follow that up with my, uh, my Mandy story. So Mandy is, was not a con film. It was a director's Fortnite film. Have you guys gone over the difference between, uh, you know, Khan and the director's Fortnite? Not extensively. We probably would be in several weeks when we cover the uh, the director's Fortnite from 2009. Yes. Okay. So, like, just the briefest overview. Director's Fortnite, they created in 1968. They kind of canceled Can that year. Um, all the directors wanted to be in solidarity with the striking students and all the other French people who are striking because everyone striked mm-hmm. in 1968. Uh, and so it's like, we'll just make a new festival and that won't be crossing picket lines, which like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> like, that's just yeah. a scab festival. <laughs> what are you talking about? Sure. Um, but yeah, it's like that's, you know, kind of like the third big set of films, as you guys know, yeah. after, you know, mm-hmm. the main competition in Uncertain Regard. However, however, for the viewers at home, there is a major difference between Can and the director's Fortnite. The director's Fortnite is open to the public. This is something I learned the hard way because i tried to get into the new mamoru hosoda film mirai of the future by standing in like the press line and there's like not going anywhere and the whole time they're like uh we're not sure if we can let you in based off of these credentials it turns out what's a lot easier is like just go to their ticket office and you can just buy a seat for seven pounds yeah and just like guarantee getting in like don't like, if you're going to a director's Fortnite film, just buy the seven euro ticket. That's all you need. Um, but anyway, Mandy, that was the only one that I managed to get to. I wasn't able to catch Climax, sadly, and I had to wait another 11 months uh, in order to see it. But <laughs> I got to see Mandy. I, I I often told people in the weeks afterward that uh like burning was the best movie i saw at can but mandy is the best movie i've seen in my entire life <laughs> <laughs> you know 
But uh, as as you guys may or may not know, that can was also patronized by a certain YouTuber named Your Movies Suck. Mm. Uh, old, old Adam of YMS. I never ran into him, but I heard rumors, you know, just like standing in line like, oh, hey, I think that YouTube guy's here somewhere. Like, <laughs> you know. Mm. Uh, Sam Mandy was one of the greatest screenings, one of the greatest audience experiences. Everyone in the audience was like, you know, like clapping and screaming and cheering. It was a true midnight movie. And, you know, from yeah. what I hear, the mm -hmm. Sundance screening was pretty similar, right? But yeah. then mm -hmm. a couple of weeks later, Adam releases, you know, his can retrospective, his Mandy review. And he says... My <laughs> my appreciation of the movie was really diminished because this one asshole in the audience started cheering after everything Nicolas Cage said, and soon everyone else in the theater was cheering afterwards. They they just kept disrupting the movie over the stupidest, dumbest shit, and I couldn't pay attention to the narrative at all. It just ruined the experience for me. Hey, Adam, that was me. <laughs> Fight me. Fight me. You have 4,000 times the subscribers I do. But I will duel you in single combat. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm so sorry that I've uh, monologued in a stream of consciousness for like 25 straight minutes. This is yeah, uh, fine. Uh, something that I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I am very vulnerable to. <laughs> uh, but before I launch into another tirade, do you guys have like any actual questions so I don't just like solipsistically rant on? Uh, yeah, I have a question. Or, yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. No, no, please, please. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, uh, so, yeah, we're not gonna play that game. Um, I will just ask the question. Uh, so I know, so you said, like, it was the first time they didn't have any materials, they didn't, like, like, they, they didn't know what they were doing, really. They had, like, some materials printed out by the time, like, that you got there. Sure. But it was mostly, like, that, like, this is where all the screenings are and at what times. But, like, okay. you kind of had to figure out as you go along, like, wait, like, what's the difference between directors Fortnite and the, mm. like, which ones? Because, like, they didn't tell you, like, what your badge let you into, right? Uh -oh. You kind of had to, like, figure that out the hard way. Did they, did they include information about directors Fortnite movies in the materials they gave you? Yes. Oh, I think so. I think so. Um, Or, like, I think they gave you a separate pamphlet because like mm -hmm. okay. the understanding is i think like they were under the assumption that you would be let into the director's Fortnite, but like the director's Fortnite people didn't know that necessarily sure. you know yeah. the open channels of communication were not uh what they needed to yeah. be um, yeah of course so were they like actively like soliciting feedback from you about like how to improve it in future years or like or do you, do you have any sense of as to like whether they, they might like, have, have worked in to try French. to get their shit together a little bit more? 
I mean, the fact that they now have like multiple screenings, like, oh, you can customize it to how you like that. Like they probably have, they're only the most prestigious festival on the face of the earth, right? They probably got their game together in the last year. So Can I, what was oh, everything good? No, I was gonna ask what what did you what was what is everything you watched over there? Do you have a yes. list? Of yeah, okay. that was my question too. Yeah, uh, I I do have this. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, let's look at directors Fortnite. I'm pretty sure the only thing. I saw at Director's Fortnite was Mandy, though. Like I said, I stood in line for a couple of hours for Mirai of the Future, and then I just ended up partying with Australian animation students that night. Um, uh, Let's see. Special screenings? Uh, No. Okay, out of competition. I was so annoyed because uh, out of compet you could get into out of competition movies right like you know mm-hmm. like solo colon a star wars story but because it wasn't in competition they never re-ran it after it and so no. as a result like i you know i arrived like 12 hours after they showed the house that jack built and there was like mm. no possible way to see that and then yeah, I, and that night, I was like, hey, who wants to see Fahrenheit 451? And nobody saw it, because hmm. the sure. movie doesn't exist. Uh-huh. Um, I did not see any Uncertain Regard films. I deeply regret that. It's just one of those things where, with the in-competition films, there's, like, enough press, you know, is you kind of have yeah. an idea of, like, oh, this is what I should be looking out for. But the whole point of right. Uncertain Regard is that they're all, like, unknowns, right? Even to the establishment. Um, so mm-hmm. it was very hard to parse, like, oh, are any of these worth watching? And then towards right. the end, it's like people said, like, oh, I saw that weird, like, Norwegian troll sex movie. Yeah. Right. And that ended up winning. <laughs> Yeah, Border uh, and um, Long Day's Journey into Night look to be like the biggest that came out of Vincent Regard that yes. year. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I guess uh, Rafiki, I remember, was playing Tiff as well that year. Mm-hmm. In my yes, room. Rafiki was. A big one. I heard that was yeah. good. Yeah, it was a big queer palm thing. Like, I think it, right. that mm-hmm. was a. Was that a. That's right. That was like the the Kenyan lesbian movie. And that was kind of a big yes. deal where it was like one of the first like contemporary African films to deal with LGBT issues in such a frank way. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But yes, okay. So official out of the official selection, I am like very satisfied with what I saw except for the fact that I didn't see shoplifters. Um yeah. as I said earlier, I I had to make a hard choice between shoplifters and the image book. And I thought like, mm-hmm. oh, this might be the last ever Godard film. I should go see it. The image book is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Easily. Wow. Don't believe the hype. Because the whole thing is that 
Yeah, I I know. Uh, f- fight me, John Luke Godard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just Recent, listing uh, Instagram uh, live personality, John Luke Godard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adding people to my shit list. No, but the whole thing is like the image book is just like it's the whole thing is just a montage of like dissonant imagery and like dissonant sounds. So it's like. Oh, it'll be showing people ballroom dancing, but then it'll be, uh, you know, you're hearing a train at the top of the speakers as loud as you can. It's so loud. You can't even handle it. And it's like, hey, Jean-Luc, that's just a YouTube poop. You know, this is something that the youth have been doing for the last 15 years, just mashing up dissonant sound and imagery in you know, upsetting ways, but then, you know, everyone in the establishments, like, like, we have never seen anything so revolutionary as this. Like, yeah, because d- none of you French people have been on, like, an MLG remix YouTube parody, right? Like, Jesus. you've never heard, you've never heard, like, a World of Warcraft goblin scream smoke weed every day at you while, like, flashing gang signs you know (laughs) like um but i should say that was the only thing i hated at well okay that's not fair uh there was another movie i didn't like and this will get me into a little bit of trouble but i at the time i watched it i did not like under the silver lake wow but but let me defend myself (laughs) i had been this was it was my final day I had been, like, waking up at 6 in the morning, going to bed at, like, 1 in the morning to, like, see, like, four or five movies a day for the past three days. Mm -hmm. And so I was, like, in a fugue state, just, like, Uh sleepily fading in and out of consciousness at the movie, just, like, kind of, like waking you know like the guy was like sitting next to you is like you all right dude <laughs> like yeah but i was just like so exhausted at that point that i just like like i would blink and then like maybe 15 movie minutes of the movie had went by yeah. but like that movie is such a dream experience in and of itself mm-hmm. right that like i had i was disassociating throughout the entire thing so i yeah. recognize that even though i didn't like it at the time i wasn't under the right state of mind and i'm willing to reevaluate it at a later date as people know, that is mine and Jesse's take on Baccarat. We, we both sat, <laughs> yes. sat side by side each other at Toronto and fell asleep for long stretches mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A fun fact: I Which also slept through. I also slept through portions of the image book because it's like, let's sure. see if I can sleep through Jean Luc Godard. It, through his like audio of like world war one artillery <laughs> I, <laughs> I that's a challenge jean luke and i did it the bastard <laughs> okay, i will but- stick up for the image book a little bit which is just to say i uh, I, I saw it at toronto that same year and i don't recall most of it, but I believe there is a whole sequence of trains, and I remember enjoying the train sequence. But you know, you can get a train supercut in all sorts of places. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but anyway, I, I've 
I opened up with just straight dunking, which is unfair, right? Because I enjoyed like all of the other movies I saw. So uh-huh. I will finally go through them in alphabetical order. Okay, I saw At War in Guerre, mm-hmm. uh, which was like, it's a pretty obscure one. You guys, have have you seen that one? I have not. I have not seen At War. It's, it's just like, Brazilian it was... Movie. It, it was just like it didn't really make a splash. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It was just a like a <laughs> the Wikipedia found page footage. is just like it's, it's this movie. It was in Cannes, and then one more sentence: the film gr- gained acclaim for its portrayal of working people. Yeah, Wikipedia. so <laughs> it is just a um like a found footage style uh drama you know just like constant handheld cameras no yeah handheld that documentary style that's what i should have said not found footage (laughs) we found we found this tape that showed french people yelling at each other no um no so it's just a movie about like there is like this german owned like car manufacturer or something and they decide to like automate out the workers and so all these french blue collar workers go on strike and that's it it is like this documentary style drama about all of these workers going on strike and just going through like all the different things of the process like the negotiations um just you know the they're rallying cries even though they're like not doing well and they're like on their last legs and they don't have any money and so forth and you know it's like it's a fine film but like it does didn't surprise you at all like it's literally exactly like you could guess the message just from you know hearing the premise like hey neoliberal capitalism is bad <laughs> you know and it, it just like disenfranchises workers and then like the the big twist at the end spoilers for everyone is that like the the union boss is like so fed up how like despite all the sacrifices they've made like no concessions or whatever from the germans so he just like goes into the factory and lights himself on fire and then everyone's like wow it's so sad he lit himself on fire and that's (laughs) that's how the movie ends Hmm. (laughs) i saw black klansman at eight in the morning i was Mm -hmm. uh I, I enjoyed it. Uh, when I saw it, it was kind of like I couldn't decide like, oh, what do I like more? Like Black Klansmen are burning. But now it's pretty decisively burning. Um, I think Black... I, I, I've reevaluated my position that Black Klansmen is like good, not great. Because like it's, you know, very powerful, very fun at times too. Uh, but you know there's like just a little bit of hollowness and it's like critiques of like police brutality and stuff uh burning's a masterpiece i d- mm-hmm. like what more can i say about burning it's just it's a utterly sublime film that is the only one that i saw in the grand lumiere in the actual two twenty five hundred uh thing like i got to see it when they reran it the next day or something but there is this one little detail that I've never heard about 
in canned screenings before that I thought was hilarious because like when the theater started uh, or when the movie started, I'm sorry, you know, like the first production logo comes up, everyone Yes, yeah. not cheering maybe but they politely applaud everyone's applauding I'm like whoa then the second production logo comes up <laughs> the third production logo comes up the ninth production logo comes up yeah. <laughs> right people get yes and then the movie the just fatigue. starts and like no yeah. one was expecting the movie to start they were just expecting more production logos <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i saw capernaum which was mm-hmm. uh a really nice film it sort of got a lot of buzz at the time i think it's kind of faded since then uh it's sort of this uh lebanese interpolation of grave of the fireflies uh did you guys get to see it i have seen that movie because it was it was oscar nominated yes uh, last year i had a harder time with that movie i was not super into that movie um but uh, it's yeah, it's I one of the, it's it's fairly it's very punishing think, like, yes um yeah but i can imagine yeah um it doesn't give wh- you a lot to hold on to right <laughs> yeah and i mean yeah it's it's it very much like stacks the deck in favor of like this kid i feel like where it's like well you, you gotta be on this kid's side because he's a kid and then like it has the kid express some stuff that I'm like a little bit like mm, I don't know about about the, these ideas that this kid is expressing. At the um, end, the the kid I'm just gonna give it away. The kid like yeah. goes to his parents who are poor as fuck. Like he runs away like pretty early on in the film to like live on his own on the street, and he eventually like ends up adopting this Ethiopian orphan due to circumstances but like he comes back he like confronts his parents near the end of the movie and he's like i'm gonna sue you guys for giving birth to me you assholes and then he's like his poor parents are like what have we done we've only given you love (laughs) you know yeah yes that's what that that's what i've heard about that movie there there were enough high profile detractors that i was dissuaded from seeing it it's not horrible, uh, not nearly as horrible as the image book. <laughs> um, sure. No, it's it's fine. It, it, you know, it's like it's it's one of those things where it's like a good movie in a vacuum, but like compared to the competition, it sure. doesn't hold up. Uh, I saw Cold War. I loved Cold War. Mm-hmm. I was enchanted by it. I would have said it was my favorite movie if it wasn't for Burning, <laughs> mm-hmm. that the su- supreme masterpiece. Um. Again, it's like it's one of those things where like Cold War unexpectedly got like a shocking amount of Oscar acclaim, right? Yeah, it best did. director and yeah, it, it broke into director, yeah, and in foreign language, yeah. And, uh, it didn't it get cinematography or like nom for cinematography? I think so. The Oscars do like yeah. black and white. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's try to true. Get at least <laughs> one black and white uh, cinematography nom every year. I feel like. Well, that Oscar is gonna Oscar. Also. Oh, that's right. But I do feel that in a way that kind of uh, pre uh, preempted Parasite, and it was like one of the only Oscar, or I'm sorry, one of the only like foreign pictured nominees that I can think of that not only 
broke into best picture but into like non you know just like above and below the line categories like i know that director nom is really cool for that movie yeah because like normally like if a foreign picture does well you know they put it in best picture then you know it gives away right like oh amor is gonna win best foreign picture like why are we even pretending to have an award right now but like i've never seen them put it in those other categories so i thought that was so neat um I didn't see Dog Man, but everyone said that dog was nice. I'm pretty sure it won the Palm Dog, right? I believe so. <laughs> You're really asking for it if you put dog in the title of your movie. Yeah. I know, I know. I didn't see Happy as Lots of Row. People enjoyed that. Didn't that get a Netflix release of all things? It yeah. did. Yes. Jesse's a big uh, fan of that movie. Yeah, yes, I like that movie quite a lot. They bought it, I believe, after the festival, because this was the first year that Netflix films were not allowed to play in competition, but then as soon as the competition ended, they were like, aha, we will take one of your most acclaimed movies. Yeah, that was their, <laughs> that, that was their checkmate. Um, I did yeah. not see The Wild Pear Tree, which is a shame. I saw mm-hmm. Under the Silver Lake instead, but maybe it's for the best mm-hmm. that, like, I ended up, like, fugue-stating through a film that would ultimately end up being, like, more accessible in the United States, if not for a long while, rather than, like, I don't know. I feel like I I wouldn't have been able to forgive myself if I went to, like, the Chalon movie and then fugue-stated through all three and a half hours of, you know, Turkish intergenerational drama. I could definitely imagine, like, sort of, like, jet lag brain falling asleep through that one. It's a pretty uh, low-key movie of just conversations. But uh, if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. We watched it for uh, our 2019 awards, and uh, it's really, yeah. really great. It stuck with me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really want to see it. And all of, in all of like, Chalon's other movies, right? Like, I know tragically little about Turkish cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I've only seen Once Upon a Time in Anatolia, which I didn't love as much. Uh, and that one is like similarly like long and uh, yes, like not low energy, but just like a lot of people like looking at each other intently. Um, but I I I'd, I'd like to revisit that, and I know people think um, Winter Sleep is that what it is? Yes, that one, the Palm Door. Yeah. Yeah, people. Uh, yeah, well, so yeah, people like that one a lot. I'd like to give that a shot, but definitely into Wild Pear Tree. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Well, I mean, we're in an era where <laughs> there's a lot more free time than usual going yeah, exactly. around. Like, so yeah, that now is the time to watch a couple of four-hour Turkish films. Mm-hmm. Um, I as I said before, I sadly did not see Shoplifters at the time. Uh, but like I, you know, it finally came to my city like a grand like ten months later, um, <laughs> and then I loved it just as much as everyone else loved it. That is a great film, but I think I love Burning a little more, just just barely, just barely. Yeah. Um, but the final thing that I saw, I think that I haven't mentioned yet, is Knife and Heart. Uh, okay 
Have you guys seen Knife and Heart? I have Heart? not seen Knife and Heart. I have I've not. I know, good. um, yeah, similarly, I've heard it's really good. Uh, that one was like another one that was like, you know, premiered in 18, but was like a 2019 movie that I know, like, uh, The Dissolve, they put it, uh, their Facebook group, they do their own awards, and that it gets some traction there. Mm yeah it's it's one of those things where i i can't say like without qualification that knife and heart is good but it's fascinating that movie mm-hmm. is buck wild it is just like this gonzo t- 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 what are all the italian exploitation you know adjectives that you can use yeah. uh it's insane yeah it's so it's sort of like based off of the like what the parisian gay porn scene of like the late 70s and then it's just it's half the deuce and half friday the 13th um there's just this masked killer going around killing gay porn stars and it is like very campy very unhinged and like i i just looked up like who directed it and it's it's a musician like it's just a guy guy right yes exactly Mm uh it's weird it gets especially weird in the second half i can barely remember what goes on because it just gets so disassociated from reality uh what else about it um i'm i'm just thinking about it uh vanessa paradis says that card a lot in it uh oh okay here's my i had this really like basic ass take i was like oh like the twist is that it's gonna be aids right which you know mm-hmm. probably would have been a hack hacky plot twist right like oh it's aids killing all these gay men in the in 1979 um no it really is just a guy in the mask <laughs> uh but you Sometimes know it's a like a guy in a mask is just a guy in a mask no exactly yeah. it's just like uh you know i'm not gonna give too much away but it's like oh, it's it's a guy in a mask who wanted to kill gay men like okay neat <laughs> and that's all i have to say on the matter okay well is there anything else you'd like to let us know about the festival of the three days program man uh <laughs> uh as you guys and li- the listeners can tell i can you know you can just let me talk and i will keep talking <laughs> indefinitely i'm so sorry yeah. to like drown you guys out on your own damn podcast no, the whole time this is yeah we we wanted you here because you have actual expertise in this area and we're, we're mm-hmm. glad that you can bring it um i have a brief question uh yeah of I, course w- one of the things that i that having having gone to toronto a couple of times that i've come mm-hmm. to appreciate is the pre-roll that they have there before their movies start mm-hmm. does can have like a unique pre-roll that they play before the movies officially start 
I'm certain it does. I remember something. I think it's like a blue background and they go over a bunch of like golden palm leaves before finally settling Mm -hmm. on the can logo. I think that's what it is, but I'm not sure. Nice. Uh, And then the palms fly under a Coca-Cola fountain. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're on a roller coaster for some reason. Yeah. They do a Visa commercial. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, so um, some quick tips. um, You know, summarizing stuff. Black tie means a tuxedo with a black bow tie. Because I'm stupid. Like, if you're doing director's Fortnite, just buy tickets with euros. Uh, for everything else just treat it like disneyland the more excited you are for the ride the earlier you want to line up because there's nothing that sucks more than waiting in line for 80 minutes and you know not making it into a movie which fortunately i didn't have to deal with too often because everyone just like standing the whole time in their like nice clothes like because you can't like sit on the ground in your like suit right or do people just say yeah like exactly that's that's exactly it that's why it's so punishing and it's in the middle of the summer and you're just standing there yeah oh i would be the the one guy sitting down in my suit does the the theater smell terrible then i don't remember i think it's air conditioned sweaty people from but you definitely want to figure out a way to have water i i distinctly remember there being like a scarcity of water bottles because rich people and french people hate drinking bottled water you know um like you kind of have to it's like where can i get a drink around here it's like oh you can go you know like you end up having to like walk half a mile away to a grocery store for the actual locals you know to just get like bread and a baguette so you can actually mm-hmm. uh eat something mm-hmm. um uh, wait, oh, i have a question you've mentioned yeah. that you went you managed to see burning in the palais is there anything interesting about the inside what are the sight lines like how is the palais like to actually watch a movie and apart from the crowd experience yeah it's it's like no it's it's great uh like not the cushiest seats in the world because they obviously need to fit two and a half thousand people um but like it i do remember like pretty steep rows like everyone can see you know um this is like a massive room and it's like if people had to like look past people's heads and shoulders in order to see the movie then like what are they even doing there right like this has been scientifically engineered uh to do that but most of the time you're not going to be in the grand uh lumiere right that's only like i only got it once for burning and that was like a complete coincidence most of the time you're going to be in the other theaters which i'm going to flex now the uh the bazan the uh buñuel the Oh, what's the other one? The Debussy and the Soixantim. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot and of those all in, are like, like one building. They're like one complex where they all are. So the the two main theaters, the the Grand Palais or the Grand Lumiere and the Debussy. The Debussy is like the thousand seater are in the Grand Palais, but then like the other three theaters are kind of like 
awkwardly built like off to the side like over the course of the last 80 years so it's Mm. like oh this is like kind of connected to the main complex but you can't go all the way A a a crazy thing about the inside of the the grand palais but maybe this shows just like what a humble midwesterner i am i was like oh like okay this is like the the inner sanctum of worldwide film intelligentsia like what are they gonna have in here like are they going to have like arcane knowledge are they gonna have some sort of like are they gonna have sex dungeons you know but what ended up what just shocked and amazed me is they have the Nespresso bar. They yes, have a I've bar heard about this. where you go up and you can just get unlimited free fancy coffee. It's like, hey, like, oh, th- thanks for the mocha. Like, how much is it? It's like, no, sir, it's free to all the vips here look i'm a vip who gets infinite free coffee ah but i mean as we've established no amount of free coffee can't prevent me from having a fugue state in the middle of under the silver lake so it also uh, can't replace water yes (laughs) yes <laughs> yes exactly yeah. hot exactly versus cold water <laughs> no there are so many times where it's like oh god i guess we're dehydrated time to have some coffee from this local stand because nowhere around here sells water ah um oh uh have stuff to talk about with like people in line i am a big yeah. fan of like you guys will be fine you guys like know your shit when it comes to just cinema so you, you'll have no trouble talking to like all the pretentious european 25 year olds but i'm not nearly <laughs> as educated on that front so i'm a big fan of eurovision uh okay. so whenever i encountered an israeli i would say oh congrats on eurovision and they'd be like wow thank you and they'd like really (laughs) sweeten up to me um and then if it was someone who wasn't israeli i'd be like can you believe israel won eurovision (laughs) they didn't deserve it one bit and they'd be like i know they're so (laughs) smug about it uh so just like uh, at least familiarizing yourself with the ins and outs of eurovision gossip can be a good conversation starter uh i have exactly one more piece of advice Mm -hmm. there is a steak and shake in can (laughs) who here (laughs) listens to doughboys have listened uh, to I, do. Few of us, I think yeah yeah i i thought as much this is we're a big doughboys listening contingent me hmm. and all these australian animators i'm partying with are like oh this guy a steak and shake eh I'm like oh yeah D- dude steak and shake rocks it's like one of the greatest chains of the midwest we go inside get our burgers get get our shakes they're like ah this is oh this is real american cuisine but i bite <laughs> into my 
you know, my double avocado burger and have some of the French fries. I'm like, why does this taste so bad? This tastes deeply mediocre. I'm like putting the fries in my mouth. Like the fries are like kind of soggy and like this double avocado burger, like even though it's like fancy ingredients, it doesn't nearly match the $6 butter steak or the, the butter garlic burger that I can mm-hmm. get like 10 miles away from here. And like mm-hmm. the $6 butter garlic burger, I'm sorry, it's a $6 combo. You get the whole thing with the butter. It's it's one of the greatest fast food meals ever devised by Americans or people in the world. But I was like, why does all of this food taste so awful? I'm like, I need to take, I need to get some air. I go outside and I look wistfully up at the logo and then I see it. Steak and Shake by Biglari. <laughs> this wasn't a true Steak and Shake location. This was one of the like the new locations created by the evil Iranian businessman Salman Beglari when he hostily took over the Steak and Shake Corporation in 2006, which the Doughboys have long noted to have, like, a much worse, like, a distinctly worse taste, because that was, like, the devil's bargain, right? Steak and Shake was losing lots of money. Uh, Beglari took it over and, like, made the company solvent and expanded the chain rapidly. But, like, all of the steak and shakes that you get in like major international cities or on the coasts, they just like taste really bad in comparison to the genuine steak and shake you get in the Midwest. So keep that in mind. And like you can tell because like bad steak and shakes are labeled steak and shake by Biglari, while good steak and shakes still have the original logo. So everyone needs to know that. Literally, if you want to get into film criticism, you need to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to recognize a steak and shake on site. Nice. Damn, I'm out. I'm so sorry. I'm running so no, long. You guys great. haven't even started no, the yeah, Ken Loach game yet. Yeah, well, that's a, a wonderful transition point. Uh, Cullen, would you like to start oh, off the Ken Loach game? Which we yeah, teased last um, so week. So this... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we briefly mentioned it last week. This is spawning for me getting the name of uh, the already mentioned. Sorry, we missed you. Um, or maybe that was pre-recorded <laughs> that we talked about that. But I believe I called it like we didn't miss, uh, we didn't hear you, or something like that. Um, so we've devised a game where I've come up with uh, fake titles for Ken Loach movies, and uh, I'll ha- so uh, there's a podcast that did a similar game to this uh back in like 2014 where they were uh one of the hosts of this podcast called get up on this they were very into board games so they would say is this a real board game or some shit i just made up and they would just present like you know wizards of the coast or whatever and like the host who didn't play board games would try and guess so we're gonna do a play on that it's called is this a kid Loach movie or some shit i just made up um, <laughs> nice. So we're gonna go ahead and start with. Uh, so yeah, the way it'll work is I'll say the title, uh, and then everyone can just sort of guess whether or not it's real or not. Um, Dope. So is the movie? And everyone keep track of your own score. Yeah, exactly. There sure. will be a winner okay. and a ceremony at the end. 
So, <laughs> is this a Ken Loach movie or some shit I just made up? Owen's Room. Oh, I think real. that's real. That's I a Ken Loach movie. I'm going to go real. I'm going to go made That up. is some shit I just made up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I'll also reveal so you can sort of see uh, the lines I drew. Uh, this is playing off of... The 2014 Ken Loach movie, Jimmy's Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's go. Uh, is this a Ken Loach movie or some shit I just made up? Poor Cow. You made that up. Now I feel like that seems so made up that it has to be true, so I'm going to go with true. I'm going to go That's with... False, because I'm a sheep. It's real. 1977, <laughs> his first movie. You were totally cow. right. Damn it. <laughs> his first movie. All right. He's been making movies since like '68 or something. No, it yeah. can't be that. Yeah. yeah. Like 1967 was poor cow. Um. All right. So is this a Ken Loach movie or some shit I just made up? Where's Tara? <laughs> that can't real. Be real. Where's Tara? I think it's real. I'm gonna go with real. I'm gonna it's say so real. I just made up. Yeah. <laughs> that is Guys, playing off of we me. need to. It's only when we agree on a consensus. The consensus is wrong. So when that I is... choose something, you have to do the opposite of me so that I end up being right. I want a single <laughs> point at least. I know. We yeah. need to have a point. At, at some point. Uh, this is playing I off of the point. 2009 thought, movie Looking for Eric. I thought, <laughs> I thought Poor Cow was real, so I have a point. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> okay, this next okay. one I'm getting. Uh, all right. Is this a Ken Lynch movie <laughs> or some shit I just made up? Rock Water. Real. False. I'll say real. Fake. Jesse and Peter, you guys are right. That is fake. I was going off of the 1993 movie Raining Stones. (laughs) 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 I have a single point in this game. Yeah, I'm doing this is better going better than I thought it would. (laughs) I thought everyone would just be like, of course that's fake. Um Let's go. Okay, is this a uh, Ken Loach movie or some shit I just made up? Streets of Darby. Oh, that's That's real. real. That has to be real. real. Everyone wait in? Yeah. That is some shit I just made up. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Streets of Darby, of course, a play off of Route Irish. What? (laughs) Route, however you pronounce it. I'm offended. Um, <laughs> you you did reach. Re- I guess you lived in England. Well, I was gonna say you actually looked into places in England to come up with something. Uh, no, I did. You can't imagine how little research I did. Uh, <laughs> it was looking at the okay, IMDb list for, for. Oh, I did list. not. So one thing I have not crossed off the ones I've said already. Um, okay, here we go. You did so um, little research, you accidentally came up with real ones. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, is this a Ken Loach movie or some shit I just made up? Ladybug, Ladybug. That's real. You're just making fun of us at this point, you bastard. I'm going to say it's fake. Ladybug, Ladybug is fake. God, yes! Uh, damn it! I was playing off of Ladybird, Ladybird. Yeah, see? I'm crawling up the ranks by hook and okay. crook. A few more. Um, so we're we just gonna play until I get a point, and then and then the game's over. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna play uh, just a few more. <laughs> um, f- family life. Fake. You made that up. Real. R- real. Real. Family life is real. Nineteen seventy-one <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Um, jo- we just vote the opposite of you, and that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, heaven sent. I think that's real. I think that's real too. Fake, fake. It is fake. <laughs> Going off of the 2012 movie, The Angels Shore. Um, <laughs> what are these titles? Um, <laughs> That's why the game's so good. Um, it's right. like it's uh, like oh, it's a reference. Uh, like I, I'm referencing the 2003 movie. It's two o'clock right now. You know. Yeah. That's why the game uh, is good. I, oh, it's his. Yeah. It's his 1984 like workers film. I wonder what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, is this a Ken Loach movie or some shit I just made up? It's a living. That's fake. It's a living. It's It's a living. Real. 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 That is fake. (laughs) Yes! Finally! (laughs) A point Um, for Andy! Based off the 2007 movie, It's a Free World. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's a living. <laughs> yeah, shouts, that's uh, shouts to Ken Loach, the god. Yeah, the, uh, the god. Um, uh, all right. Oh wait. Uh, let's I got let's one do more, three probably. more. One more. Uh, three more. Okay. One more. Uh, right. Wait, what's everyone's rankings right now? I have one point. Nice. I have three points. Believe I have four. Oh man, I have three. So this could end up being. This could end up determining placements. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do. Two or <laughs> Last three one's more. worth um, ten thousand points. Gets five. Sure. Yeah, we'll play it till someone gets five. Um, is this a Ken Loach movie? I or some shit I just made up? Looks and smiles. <laughs> real. I'm, I'm going to say real. Real. That is a real. Yes. No. 1981. Jesse just won. Then that will take me to five. So uh, a few. One more was all movies that I didn't get to. We've got Blackjack, uh, Fatherland, Hidden Agenda, uh, 
are no uh, real. Or no, fake. you have to tell us These which are, all are real. real and which. Are... Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Blackjack. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, secret there's... agenda is a real one. Hidden agenda. Hidden agenda. Um, <laughs> he had a movie called A Fond Kiss, but spelled A E. Like I think that's the Irish or English spelling of. Uh, maybe it's like eh, and it has an alternate title that's just a kiss. I was gonna use that to trip everyone up, but I didn't need to. Um, <laughs> uh, there was, um, of course, he's got the movie 1991 Riff Raff. My alt for that was Flim Flam, and <laughs> he's got the 1998 movie My Name Is Joe, and my alt for that was My Name Is Earl. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was when i was like if i had done this and it could have been like so ridiculous that you would have thought it was real or i would just look like an idiot (laughs) but that's the kid's game congrats to jesse all right thank you for writing that color that was very fun Mm -hmm. yeah that that was great shite all right everyone Um, invest in uh in some social services today so yeah, next exactly. week we're going to be talking about some new streaming releases, probably including Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and Baccarat. Those feel like kind of the two big ones, so we may go into spoilers on those, probably not on other movies we might want to touch on. Um, if there's anything else that we all watch and really want to talk about, I will tweet about it and let you know that you yeah. might want to watch or it before you listen. If uh, there's anything yeah. one of our listeners has seen and wants to recommend to us, let us know. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, Peter, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, sure. So I have done many things spread across the internet but they're always in very weird corners um so uh a lot of people who uh, listen to this podcast may or may not know me as manta that's kind of been my uh online handle in various forums ever since i signed up for a <laughs> a fantasy webcomic forum in 2007 <laughs> um but uh, yeah yeah you guys uh but like if you're part of the blank check community you might have of you might know me because i did all of those weirdly intensive miyazaki write-ups um i have a youtube channel where i do ukulele covers of weird meme shit uh but I am slowly working on a video essay. I'm converting some of those Miyazaki write-ups into video essays so that they'll be much more digestible and normal, except it turns out that like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to take this 5,000 word essay on Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind and turn it into a video essay. And it's like, oh, that's 70 minutes long. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, oh, maybe I should do something that's like five minutes long because that's normal. Uh, But we'll see. Again, we live in a world with infinite free time. I think in most timelines, I would ultimately end up getting nothing done at all. But uh this is the 
infinite free time timeline so maybe exactly. you'll get to see some video essays coming out soon um the main thing i'm gonna plug besides that is i have my own podcast uh called the superhuman samurai Cyberpod. me and my co-host talk about this power rangers knockoff from 1994 called superhuman samurai cyber squad uh except uh we we do recap stuff we do the recap stuff but uh since our inception the definition of our podcast has expanded a little bit to encompass uh different american interpolations of asian culture that we cover whenever we feel like we recently like a month or two back did this very interesting two-part episode where we read through this american young adult fantasy novel about the rape of nan king which i think we can all agree is the one historical event you least want to make into a young adult fantasy novel it's so unhinged um but yeah uh if you just want i'm sure that by the end of this you guys love hearing me talk in uninterrupted strings of dialogue (laughs) so if you want more well me me and yin my co-host we have a, a a a better back and forth uh than uninterrupted dialogue but yes <laughs> i'm gonna what, what do we what do we search if we want to find those things uh just a uh, superhuman samurai cyber pod except cyber is spelled s-y-b-e-r because this was made in the 90s great of course um and then i uh, if I ever get the video essay done, I'll probably post it in various forums that your listeners will coincidentally browse. So I don't know. <laughs> so maybe they'll independently discover that that way if it ever gets completed uh, in 10,000 years. Okay. Great. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, on behalf of my co-host, I'll say thank you for being here. We really appreciate you taking the time, yes. and we really, really th- thought you had a lot to offer, and that was a really, really awesome thing that you did. For yeah, so thank thanks you. for having me. This was really fun. I would love to be on again uh, for something that I don't know anything about, so I can yeah. just sit in the background and, you know, yes. laugh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Ken Loach Game Version 2, you'll be back for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, as Ken the Lose color commentary. Uh, 15 more movies. Exactly. <laughs> so if you guys... Sure I could come up with more that you would still think were real. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, of a lot of the intersections that uh, you do, like, I'd be great at, like, Japanese uh, can cinema from the 50s. We could talk about Jigokumon. Or alternatively, like animation that's been featured at Cannes, like 2004, with the infamous double feature in competition of Shrek 2 and Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence. Like uh, the, wow. the weirdest pairing of animated sequels. 2004 is a year I have considered covering. 
So yeah, if you ever want yep. to watch 15 movies, then certainly let us know about that. <laughs> now <laughs> that is a tall order, that. Chief. <laughs> and that goes uh, for everyone. I, anyone who wants yes. homework, reach out to us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyone who wants to, if you want to be on this podcast, you have to work for it. Like, I spent <laughs> a couple thousand bucks in airline tickets. Yeah, uh, exactly. We're a very and, exclusive club. Yes. And if you would like to reach but not out elitist. to us, it was worth nope. it. Yes. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do that on Twitter, at Can I Kick It, just like our name. Uh, you can find us on Letterboxd at can I kick it OD? That's can I kick it odd? Like pod without the P. Oh. Uh, I or, am at I it, JP <laughs> Glick Weber on Twitter. Weber with two B's. Everyone else. And on Letterboxd. I'm, yep, I'm Andy T. Germ on Twitter and Letterboxd, and among other places. Come find me. I'm fun. Emilio? Uh. On Twitter, I'm back to being I'm Laugh Alone. I uh, wow. decided it was too much nice. work to spell out Emilio and <laughs> every week. I did not know this. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is breaking news to all of us. <laughs> Emilio, out of all of your co-hosts, you've traditionally been the only one who had like a, a real-ass internet handle rather than your name. And I'm glad you're back to the handle. We can, you know, go back to 2007 when we would just use short phrases to describe our personalities on fantasy webcomic forums. And they would become our identities for years and years to come. On a lot of those. Tried to see if I Left Alone was on Twitter finally. It's still not. No. Back to I Left Alone, like like the good old days. Yeah, <laughs> you can find me on there on Twitter, on Letterbox, on whatever. I don't even. I think I'm I laugh alone on Letterbox. That's my name. Don't worry about. Colin, you want to round this out? Yes, I'm Clatchley on everything. C L A T C H L E Y, and I will not be imploring you to follow it if you scare. After the resounding thud that it was met with last week. <laughs> and with that, let's release our audience. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>